When you're experiencing growth in your organization, you can't do everything on your own, and you don't have to. With the help of our friends at Belay, you can simplify your life with an assistant and stop doing it all. For our Lead to Win listeners, Belay is offering their free download of 25 things you can delegate to an assistant today. Text Lead to Win, all one word, to 31996. That's Lead to Win, all one word, to 31996. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Last time, we talked about the three reasons you need a business coach. And today, we're going to tell you how to choose the coach that's right for you. Yeah, this is a really important topic because the coaching landscape is so crowded. So and I crowded. should say coaching in air quotes <laughs> because it feels like anybody with a laptop and a website or an Instagram feed is now a coach. And it's almost like there's coaching inflation going on. Um, they can have a conflicting, you know, sense of conflicting philosophies where you're like one person's telling you one thing, somebody else is telling you something else. And, you know, that can lead to huge mistakes in your business, not just wasting the money on the coaching, but if you try to implement those things, it can be disastrous. Well, as much as I believe in coaching, hiring the wrong coach can be really detrimental to your business. It's kind of like marrying the wrong person. Exactly. And I'm going to get some examples as we go through the show. But before we get any further, we got to bring Larry on because Larry's the guy that guides us through the show. Larry, welcome. Wow. Thank you. I, wow. I'm going to try to live up to that. I feel like you just got a promotion. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think of you as our guide, you know, the podcast <laughs> well. guide. Well, the coaching market is crowded, Megan. I was reading recently that there are now some 175,000 personal coaches in the U.S. And that's not just business coaches, but this is the the life coach, the the cold coaching domain. That's a lot of people. You know, this market is valued at like over a billion dollars, and that number is two or three years old. I, I bet it's exploded since then. I wouldn't be shocked if that's doubled. And the number of coaches. I bet I could easily see that being way, way more. It feels like we have more coaches than people. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a problem. Probably more coaches than clients. After a survey of executive coaches, Harvard Business Review put out some findings and they concluded this. Coaching as a business tool continues to gain legitimacy, but the fundamentals of the industry are still in flux. In this market, as in so many others today, the old saw still applies, buyer beware. Mm -hmm. Just to give you an example, there was a super popular book, a best-selling book about 20 years ago. And one of my friends hired the author of that book as a business coach, brought him in, super excited about it. And I ended up hearing about that. And about six months after that engagement began, I called him up because I thought, well, maybe that's something we should do. And I, I thought that'd be really cool to bring that person into our business and, and help us. And so I, I said to my friend, I said, so how's your experience going with, and I won't mention his name, but he said, oh my gosh, we're still digging out from that. It was a total disaster. And so not just everybody who hangs a shingle and calls himself a coach is qualified to do coaching. And I've got a lot of other negative experiences as well. But you've got to be careful. That's why we've got these three questions so that at least you do some due diligence and make sure that the coach that you're going to hire is properly qualified so they can get you the results you want to get. 
Right. We don't want to scare you off, though. I mean, this is it's all kind of doom and gloom here. But the truth is a good coach, a qualified coach can make all the difference in your business. Totally. You know, um, there is no better way to go to the next level in your business to take a quantum leap in your own leadership and kind of exceed the limits of your own understanding and skill set than with a great coach. So you need a coach, but it's just got to be the right one. You can find the business coach that's right for you by asking these three key questions, as Michael, you just mentioned. So let's get to that first one, which is this. Do they have the right experience? Okay. Here's the dirty little secret of the coaching industry. You guys ready for this? I'm ready. Most coaches have never run a business. Shh. Don't tell anybody. That's true. I mean, oh they've never gosh. had to meet a payroll. They've never launched a product. They've never had the stress, you know, of the ongoing growth of a business. A lot of them have just gotten weekend coaching themselves, gotten certified in a, a maybe a week-long program, and suddenly they're on the phone coaching people that are business owners, that are senior executives, and they're really not qualified to do it. And I would say probably 80% of the people out there doing coaching fall into that category. This makes me crazy. You and I have talked about this a lot. But as I said earlier, there's a real situation of coaching inflation happening. There's no real regulation around it. So anybody and everybody can just become a coach. And imagine if we were doing that with medicine. You know, if you know. could just say you were a surgeon and then you're just going to go operate on people. Well, I mean, that sounds silly, except that when you think about it, somebody's getting on the inside of your business, in the inside of your head and your thinking, and they're giving you advice and they don't have any operational experience. They don't have any uh, educational experience. They're just someone who's interested, maybe kind of like a professional personal development nut. You know, they read a lot of books or maybe they did a little weekend training. That's scary to me. You know, that you're you're investing a lot of trust in someone and giving them a lot of access to you, not to mention the high price tag that you're probably paying. And they they may know nothing that's relevant, you know? For example, another horror story. So we had somebody come into Nashville. He met with me, Megan, he met with you. Yeah. And this person had an MBA from a very prestigious school. He'd written a best-selling book and he was full of opinions. And so we had lunch with him. And he basically told us that we needed to completely reorient our business, change the strategic direction, shut down about 75% of what we were doing and get focused on one thing in our business. And I want to be careful because I don't want to give this away. But it was something that that honestly shook me up. I mean, I, I seriously thought about doing exactly what he was saying for about mm-hmm. three days. Then I was on a podcast. I was being interviewed by my friend, Shalene Johnson, and I was telling her the conundrum I was in. I was saying, you know... Maybe this, maybe this is right. I mean, this is what the guy told me, and I've been really trying to think about this. Megan and I have been trying to process it. And I said, I'd love to know what you think. And she said, yeah, I, I know the guy you're talking about. She said, you realize, of course, that he's never run a business. He has no idea what he's talking about. It's all theoretical. Man, that was like enormous relief because there was something about it that I sensed was off, mm-hmm. you know, that it wasn't the, the right advice. But he was purporting to be a coach, purporting to be an expert, had a best-selling book, but he didn't have a clue. And when I look at the size of his business, I mean, his business did not grow. His business has basically done nothing. He was kind of a flash in the pan. There was that one book. It was a great book, but that's kind of been it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you've got to be really careful and make sure that the coach 
you're hiring has the right experience. So maybe we ought to talk about what the right experience is. Well, and before we get to that, it's never been easier to present like you have the right experience and more to the point, present like you're successful right. than ever. So, you know, when you're on Instagram and you can hire a oh, great, great photographer and you can produce some great videos and, you know, you can uh, get a lot of followers, people assume that that's the same thing as authority. And it's not. Being an influencer is not the same thing as being a coach. And it's not the same thing as being a leader. An influencer and a leader are two different people, particularly in a, in a business context. Certainly, influence is a kind of leadership, but that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who has the experience as an executive or an entrepreneur that is beyond you. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there have been a lot of sports stars who've been great on the field or on the court, and then they get put into a coaching role or a general manager role, and sometimes it's a disaster. I mean, not everybody who has talent can coach somebody else. This is right. And I think I think in the past, you know, one of my convictions was I want to hire somebody who's really experienced, who's done what they're asking me to do, you know, has been in the seat. So if I'm getting CEO coaching, I want somebody that's been a CEO. But one of the things I've realized, and frankly, I was corrected by a friend who said, yeah, you know, just kind of brought up the point that you brought up, Larry, that not everybody who's a great coach was a great player. But here's the point that we're trying to make. They also weren't somebody that just got a certification in a week. You know, they were somebody that either studied it academically, studied the psychology of it, has a lot of experience in, uh, coaching people, is able to do what we talked about the last episode, which is excavate, you know, that person's knowledge and experience, the person they're coaching I'm talking about. So I want either that or somebody that sat in the seat, but I'm not looking for somebody that just got a weekend certification. And I would, you know, if I were interviewing a coach, that's something I would pry on. You know, how long have they been doing this? What is their expertise? And I want to know. And just because they have a certification from an influencer, and this is what often happens, that's not enough. Well, and oftentimes what happens is people who get laid off from a job, you know, or oh, have man. a failed business, the, the easiest thing to do is then go become a coach. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen that where people tr make that transition and now they're a coach, but they're really coming from a position of failure. And it's just, it's easy and a low barrier of entry. And man, that is dangerous. I mean, you just basically print business cards, you have a laptop and that's it. That's all you need. You can start your coaching mm -hmm. business. You want more than that. That's more right. experience. A good example of someone who doesn't have the um, professional experience but does have the academic credentials for this kind of coaching is Brene Brown. You know, she came out with her book Dare to Lead not too long ago, and she's now um, coaching and speaking to the military and other major organizations. And she has not previously been a CEO. She's been right. a leader in an academic context, but done a massive amount of research and studied leaders. That's very different from what we're talking about. You know that. That's legitimate. Well, another example of that, one of my coaches in the past was Eileen. I've talked to you before at Gap International. She doesn't have experience running a business. She's certainly run a division and managed a lot of people, but she's not been a CEO. But she was my coach at Thomas Nelson when I was the CEO. Phenomenal. Because she was able to ask those super penetrating, incisive questions that helped me access the resources I had. And I was able to lead better as a result of that. But that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's got to be one or the other, you, but you're looking for something more than the person that's got the quick you know, certification or just hung out a shingle and declared themselves to be a coach. You want expertise. Of you one want expertise. Or the other. 
You mentioned the fact that not every great coach was a great player, and I would point as an example to uh, Tony Dungy, not that he was not a good player, but uh, Super Bowl champion coach uh, played in the NFL and even played for a Super Bowl team, Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl Thirteen. but he himself was not a Hall of Fame player. Here's a question about the right experience. How important is it that your coach has worked in the same industry that you work in? Not that important. Not that important. In fact, it can be really helpful if they haven't. Yeah. I think for some kinds of tactical problem solving in your business, like if you're trying to solve, for example, a marketing funnel problem, it might be good to talk to somebody who has expertise in marketing funnels. But that's more of a consulting kind of relationship, not a coaching relationship. But I'd actually prefer somebody that's got experience that's much more broad than my particular industry. One of the funny things that we see with our clients is that, you know, everybody comes in thinking that their problems and their challenges are unique. They're either unique to their industry or, you know, themselves or whatever. And, and we have hundreds and hundreds of clients in our business accelerator program. And what I can tell you for sure is that they all have the same problems. They may be slightly different color or shape or whatever, you know, they all have their unique kind of texture to them. But the, the themes are absolutely identical. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, so true. You know, they're, they're all similar. And we get that question all the time. We do. We, we just did a big event. We had some people that were considering our coaching program and, and they pulled aside some of our business consultants and they said, you know, my situation is really unique. And then they would describe it and we have to keep from laughing because it sounds exactly like all the problems that all of our clients have. And the truth is we've been that person too, right? We, 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 we've thought that we were special or unique in some way, but the we truth are special, is but we are special, not but not that unique. Leadership. <laughs> is leadership. And, and it's no matter where you do it, the challenges are pretty much the same. So question number one, to ask yourself when hiring a business coach, do they have the right experience? Question number two, do they get the right results? Yeah. And for me, that starts with, are they a walking advertisement for what they're teaching? In other words, are they living into what they're advocating. Do the principles that they advocate, that they hold to, do they flesh themselves out in their life? I don't want to learn from somebody who's giving me advice, but not taking their own advice. Let me give you an example. So I had a guy that I was interviewing as a uh, wealth advisor, which is a kind of coach, right? So a financial advisor. And he pulled it to my house in this beat up, broken down car. And he walked <laughs> into my house to meet with me and my wife, with Gail, in this cheap suit with his shoes unpolished. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't know if this guy's broke, but I'm pretty sure I don't want to hire a broke financial advisor any more than I would want to hire an out-of-shape fitness trainer, right? You know, I want somebody that's walking the talk, you know, that's, that's getting the results in their own life. It's really important. And it's amazing how many people will tout something that they – are not getting the results for, or they're not even doing themselves. They just read you know, it in a book. Right. I mean, we very often will hire consultants for things and mostly that goes really well, but occasionally we'll have somebody come in and they'll prescribe some method of, uh, you know, developing this or that part of our business. And we only find out later that like they cooked it up right before they came. Like they haven't tested it. It's not their best thinking. It's just thinking. That kind of just happened about a year ago. Right. And we didn't discover it till after we got in the engagement and then we canceled the engagement, but we didn't ask this question, or at least we didn't ask it in a way that, 
that would have led it to the right uh, answer. And by the way, one of the things that's important is that when you're when you're asking, are they getting the right results, you know, in their business, is that relevant to your business? Because maybe right. they're getting impressive results, but in a very small context with limited complexity. But you're a big corporation and you want to apply those same principles in a big corporation. That is a whole different animal. That's right. And you need to be very clear on where they've had success. Not just do they say they've been successful, but where have they been successful and in, you know, in what level of complexity? Okay, another story. So when I was in college, I had a summer job where I was selling. And so the sales trainer had a weekend sales training seminar. I'd never sold anything before. And so he ran us through a actually well-structured program of selling. He helped us overcome all the objections and everything. And so then he said, okay, now it's time to actually go out and work with real prospects. And we said, great. And so he took us out to this neighborhood and dropped us off. And we we're going to knock on people's doors and we were going to be selling him this product. And I was kind of like, I was scared to death. I said, well, aren't you coming with us? He said, oh no, I've never done that myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so here he was training us and it was all theoretical. He had never actually done the work. Well, Ann Scholar, who teaches at the London Business School, teaches coaching at the London Business School. She said this, if a coach can't tell you what methodology he uses, what he does, and what outcomes you can expect, show him the door. Yes. <laughs> That's really good. Well, and this is important. It's it's not just that they get the results in their their own life. And by the way, one of the things that we teach and believe at Michael Hyde and Company is we don't try to export anything that we haven't imported. In other words, if we're not doing it, we don't try to teach it. So we're not going to let uh, our clients be the lab rats. You know, that's really what we try to do for ourselves is test it out on ourselves, get the stuff that works, make sure it works with a handful of clients, and then we export it to our client base. But it's not only important that they're getting the results for themselves, but they're getting the results for their clients. Can you help them get the same results that you get? So one example of that, at our company, we measure things with our clients. So for example, we know that in the first 12 months, our average coaching client grows their business by 67%. Our average coaching client gains 11 hours or frees up 11 hours of week. Those are metrics that we track because they're important. What happens to their confidence level? Our average client increases their confidence level by 62%. So we've got real results that we can tout. So you've got to make sure that the person you're interviewing has got results like that. Can they cite the metrics? Do they know exactly what's happening with their clients? Or is it just kind of all squishy and, well, you know, my clients seem to be doing better. Well, how much better and in what way? Yeah, because often you just hear a name kind of repeated in your industry and you sort of take that as a proxy for a real referral or for credentials. And it's not the same thing. Not the same thing at, at all. all. You know, if you're kind of looking for proof that what you're seeing is current and reliable, here are a few tips. Um, you don't just want to rely on client testimonials on somebody's sales page. I mean, after all, I mean, this is kind of... Um, we use them. I mean, there's nothing yeah, wrong yeah, with them. There's nothing wrong with them, but you, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because... Uh, the coach could have written them themselves, you know, hopefully not, but it could happen, especially those kind of fly by night people that we were talking about, totally. you know, influencers or whatever. Or beware of the ones that only have the first name. Yeah, definitely you know, beware those, of those. Or no I pictures. Guarantee you, most of those are made up. Right. Video testimonials are going to be more genuine and reliable. You know, if somebody says it on camera themselves, that's definitely going to help. Um, you want to ask for specific data on what clients have achieved. I think that should be no problem for a, a great coach to provide. Yep. 
and make sure that data is current. You know, you're not looking for people that they helped five years ago or seven years ago. You want it to be recent. Mm -hmm. And you also want to see a track record. So you do want to see a, a longer period of time, but not just old data. And then finally, what non-business results can they point to? So you kind of want hard results, you know, in, in the business, financial results in particular, but you also want to see things that are intangible that matter. Would it surprise you to learn that from the same market survey of business coaches that we referenced earlier, this finding, fewer than one-fourth of the respondents, these are coaches, said that they provide any kind of quantitative data on business outcomes of their coaching, less than a quarter. Wow. Well, if you, if you kind of go back to what we started with, which is the majority of people that are uh, representing themselves as coaches have no particular credentials or experience that's relevant, then that's not surprising to me at all. I mean, you know, they may have five or 10 clients and it, their results may be really inconsistent or difficult to measure. This is where you kind of need to be a little bit like you're from Missouri, you know, the show me state, right? Like Nick, our producer, <laughs> show me, show me the results. It's interesting to me that that more people don't demand that. And it's, this is consistently cited as one of the top reasons that people turn to a coach is because they're looking for uh, personal or business financial improvement. I think this is because people often feel a little bit intimidated by a coach. You know, all of a sudden they're aware of kind of the gap in their own skill set or understanding, and they don't ask those questions. And also, a lot of coaches are really great salespeople. And so you're, what you're getting is a lot of copy, a lot of sales bullet points. It's very persuasive. Very and aspirational. Very aspirational. And it's almost like you're an idiot if you don't move forward with them. And I think it makes it difficult. You have to be brave to ask those questions. But gosh you're going to be glad you did because the right coach can stand up to that no problem and will not have any issue with you asking those questions. And the wrong coach, hopefully you're going to weed out really quickly through that process. Well, people who have real authority uh, don't mind demonstrating that right. from time to time. That's right. Hey, everybody. Mike Boyer here. As a reminder, you can take the business health assessment today at lead2.win slash health. It will evaluate your business based on seven key metrics. You'll get a personalized score on strengths and weaknesses, and that'll give you instant clarity on where your business needs to grow. That's at lead2.win slash health. And here's a shout out to wannabe runner 1013 who left this review on iTunes. Lead to Win has been a complete game change in my life. And a shout out to Cat Buckle, who said, my husband and I own a small business together, and we lead a team of 18 employees. Lead to Win is our absolute favorite podcast because it's concise, it's immediately actionable and practical, and it's fun to listen to. Thank you for creating such amazing content. Thanks, guys. We genuinely appreciate the feedback. If you haven't left a rating and review of the podcast in iTunes, would you do that now? This helps other leaders find the podcast, and we really do read all your reviews to help us improve the show. Thank you for helping us get better. Now, back to the show. So the message here, don't settle for promises. Make sure your coach is actually getting the results you want, uh, both in their own life and for their clients. That brings us to question three, do they have the right format? Yeah, so every coach has a format for delivering their coaching. Some do it one-on-one, -on -one, some do it in a group coaching where there's like an all-day workshop. I've done both. Both of them have their place. And I think I talked about uh, one-on-one coaching in the last episode where I talked about, I did this for years, 
where every two weeks I had a 45 minute call with my coach. And then later as video conferencing technology became more available than it was on video. Uh, I've done the group coaching thing. And I want to take just a second to describe the differences between those two, because I, I think it's helpful. So group coaching tends to be more coach guided. So in other words, a coach is delivering some content, facilitating an experience. Individual coaching tends to be client guided. In other words, it's what the client's problems are at that particular moment, and they enlist the help of a coach to help them. Group coaching tends to be curriculum driven. Individual coaching tends to be circumstance driven. Group coaching, there's a focus on learning general tools, but in individual coaching, a focus on solving specific problems. In group coaching, it could be a quarterly coaching intensive, maybe supplemented, this is like how we do it at Business Accelerator, with weekly huddles and monthly momentum meetings. But in individual coaching, that's going to be something like probably greater frequency, but less time, like bi-weekly coaching calls supplemented by action item tracking and check-ins. Group coaching is designed to give you strategic breakthroughs. Individual coaching, for the most part, is designed to give you tactical breakthroughs. So again, both are appropriate. Here's maybe the surprising thing that comes out of 20 years of coaching, and I've done both formats. For most people that are serious about coaching, they absolutely should start with group coaching. It's 10 times more effective, at least at the beginning. There's a place for individual coaching. But the thing that you get in a group coaching environment where you have a cohort of peers is you get feedback, encouragement, and accountability from that peer group. You get a, the experience of a lot of people in a lot of different industries that's hugely helpful. And you get some general tools and some sort of strategic frameworks that can help you in any business. But to me, that's the foundation. That will take you further, faster than, than kind of dealing at a more micro level with individual problems. You know, you're going to get stuff that you can use across your entire business in a group coaching context. I think that's really true because if you're if you're trying to go to the next level in your leadership and grow your business, you're really trying to acquire a whole new set of skills, things you don't already know how to do. If you do, you wouldn't need coaching, you know, right. and that's going to come not from kind of solving individual problems, but but from learning new ways to think, new ways to lead, new ways to operate, you know, at a, at a higher level. And to me, that's in my experience, that's what I've gotten out of group coaching, you know, what happens in an individual format is just like you said, solving those kind of like one-off problems and and kind of, it's almost more like finessing or polishing something than it is building the foundation. So it can be very useful later, the individual coaching, but I think the the foundation of those big ideas and skill sets are so helpful. Well, in our program is based on group coaching. Our intention is to offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, but only to our group coaching clients. And we're planning to do that in the future. But it's how much we believe in group coaching. We think that is the right first format for most people. I agree. I'd like to mention, too, that we are offering the free business health assessment uh, that may help you dial in on where you need coaching and which format might be the best for you. This is a free tool that will help you evaluate your business based on seven metrics, give you a personalized score of your strengths and weaknesses, really gives you clarity on where you need to grow. And that's available right now at lead2.win slash health, or you can just check today's show notes at lead2.win. One of the other things that's important about that um, kind of community dynamic in a group coaching atmosphere is that leadership can be lonely. 
right? You know, when you're having problems in your business, um, when you're having great success in your business, very often you can't share that with your closest friends. Right. You can't share it with your direct reports and you need to talk through it with someone. And one of the things that it's easy to discount in a group coaching program is all of a sudden now you have people who are roughly at the same level that you're at, who can understand and celebrate your successes, mm-hmm. but can also kind of get in there and have a context for the challenges that you're facing in a way that people kind of in your natural, you know, uh, friend or family group at home just really don't have. And that is critical for your ongoing success. Yeah, I, I think to have the empathy from people who are also struggling to run a business and grow a business and be successful on the one hand, but also who are willing to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is really powerful coming from a peer. Sometimes people will do for their peers what they won't do for a coach. That's right. Does that make sense? Right. Well, we've had people say, you know, we came for the coaching program, but we stayed for the community. Totally. There is some research on corporate training and how people learn best in a work environment. And one study showed that when training is combined with coaching, individuals increase their productivity by an average of 86% compared to 22% with training alone. Wow. So just getting the learning is one thing, but having the context is what really makes it valuable. I know whenever I go to a conference, I seem to learn more at the lunch table than I do in the room. And I think it's because of this, what you're describing, having uh, peer-to-peer interactions. Especially in person. You know, that that study didn't say that specifically, but so much training happens now online. You know, people Mm, can be in a virtual mastermind or a virtual coaching program, but being physically in the same space as people, there's something that's difficult to explain that's so much more powerful about that in terms of transformation. You you know, I think that's true. And I was just reflecting back on my own coaching experience because I've done about every possible format. And for years, it was just on the phone and then it was video conference. And that was good. I mean, certainly, you know, it was better than nothing. But it wasn't as powerful as when my coach and I got in the same room like I did with Eileen for an entire day once a month. And that was powerful. There was something about being together, you know, where she could pick up on the nuances of my mood and, you know, my body language and all those other things. And I think the same thing is true in the format that we use, which is the quarterly workshop model where we can all be together. There's just something about that that's important for leaders to have contact with other leaders. So the takeaway here is that the best format for coaching is one that makes use of both the coach's expertise and the peer-to-peer interaction of a group format. Mm -hmm. Well said. So today we've learned that you can find the business coach that's right for you by asking three questions. Do they have the right experience? Do they get the right results? And do they use the right format? Final thoughts today? Well, as we've said now a number of times, having a coach can be so valuable, but having the wrong coach can be incredibly expensive. So as you go into this search process, trying to find the right coach for yourself, just be critical about it. You know, be really thoughtful, be critical, ask a lot of good questions. The right coach is out there. The right coaching program is out there, but you have to be discerning. Yeah. And what I would say, and this is kind of one final tip, don't hire a coach who doesn't have a coach. Because if they're not buying what they're selling, they don't really believe in it. And I want them to believe in coaching so much that they wouldn't think of trying to get through in their own business or get along in their own business without a coach. So that's a legitimate question to ask. Who's your coach? Well, we'll leave it there for today. And thank you both for the practical advice on a really important subject for a business leader. Thanks, Larry. 
Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Larry. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you right here next week. Until then, lead to win. Have you seen This Is Us, the most recent episode? No. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. No spoilers. Are you watching it? No. What are you doing with yourself? (laughs) You're fired right now. I can't live like that. I can't. We talk a lot about productivity and making sure, as leaders, we're focused on what really matters. You can't do that if you're trying to do everything needed to run a business on your own. Our friends at Belay have been helping leaders like you for 10 years. Belay can simplify your life with an assistant. They match busy leaders with exceptional assistants and bookkeepers. They do that by having a team searching the U.S. for extraordinary people who have the experience you need. For our Lead to Win listeners, Belay is offering their free download of 25 things you can delegate to an assistant. Text Lead to Win, all one word, to 31996. That's Lead to Win, all one word, to 31996.